Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Thank you for downloading the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. This is a sermon entitled WWG Wrestling, and it was preached at the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church on May 23rd of 2021. Our church is located at 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri, and it's pretty much Clay Como. We invite you to visit us any old time, mainly on a Sunday would probably be best, though, because we have Sunday school at 930 in the morning, and then regular worship is at 11 a.m. Come on by and see us and visit the church. We'd love to have you. But here is Pastor Philip Kuntz with WWG Wrestling. Ephesians chapter 6, 11 through 12 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. It's not a secret to most people that know me that I am a wrestling fan, but a wrestling of the old days, I mean, it's all fake fighting, we know that. We know that it's a play, that's what it is. It's not to say that it doesn't take real sportsmanship, we know that. It's funny is that there's two different types of wrestling. There's the type of wrestling that they do in schools, and that kind of wrestling is real. And then there's professional wrestling, which is what the professionals do, and it's a play. It's a play, but people really, it's real in the sense that uh, it takes real athleticism, but there is a script, and they follow it. They follow it well. And I enjoy it. I really, really do. I always have enjoyed that. I enjoyed it back in the day, mostly when it was called WWF, World Wrestling Federation. And they now know known as WWE. And I was blessed this year, as most people know. I got to go to WrestleMania, something I always wanted to do. I got to do it. I enjoyed it. But back in the day, and it will always be this way, I've had five favorites. I had lots of favorites. But I had five main favorite wrestlers back in the day. And the first one has always been, always will be Hulk Hogan, brother. I've always enjoyed Hulk Hogan, and I got to meet him this year. I enjoyed it. Uh, my second favorite was always Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, yeah. I've always loved him. And Ric Flair. You know, I can't almost say that without saying woo. 
I always enjoyed him. And number four was Dusty Rose. I love Dusty Rose, the nature boy. And then, I mean, not nature, but it was Ric Flair. But then I also enjoyed uh, Andre the Giant. Most people would know him from movies like Princess Bride. I enjoyed Andre the Giant. Those are my five favorites. But my very two favorites, Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage, I enjoyed them so much, and they got to become a tag team at one point in time called the Mega Powers. And my best friend and I, we watched it that night. We were so excited. Oh, it was goofy as all get out, but we enjoyed it. We enjoyed the Mega Powers. It was so much fun. And it broke my heart. It, it was my favorite year of wrestling, 88 and 89. It broke my heart when they broke up. The Mega Powers were no longer a tag team, and they fought in WrestleMania 5, which is the first one I actually watched uh, as it happened. I got to watch it, uh, I it, borrowed it from a friend, and watched it as they fought, and Hogan won. And I enjoyed that, except it was hard for me to see my two favorites fight. Good match but I broke my heart. The title of today's sermon is WWG Wrestling. WWG Wrestling, you may say, what does that mean? It means wrestling with God, because so many people do every single day. As you can see, I am a geek, and I bought myself a belt, uh, the, my favorite belt, my winged eagle belt. I've even been wearing a belt buckle of it today. I even have a ring, which I didn't wear today. But I actually have a ring of it because this is my favorite of all time. It's the one that was worn by four of my favorite five. I love this belt. This is my favorite. And so, so many people want to be a champion in life, but they don't realize when you're a Christian, you already have the champion with you. We're talking about Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And don't worry, I'm not going to hold that the whole time. I promise you I won't. I won't do that. But we are going to talk about wrestling with God because so many people do it. They wrestle with God all the time. So let's talk about that. Well, let's now turn to Genesis. Because people have been doing it for a long time, wrestling with God. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 32. And let's talk about wrestling with God. Some people talk about wrestling with God and they talk about it being a good thing. It's good to wrestle with God. It's good to wrestle with, no it's not. But let's talk about wrestling with God because a lot of people do. But the very first WrestleMania, you could say, the first WrestleMania was Jacob. He had a WrestleMania moment. And his WrestleMania moment was in the 32nd chapter of Genesis. And we see that Jacob had just gone through a lot of things. And he'd gone through things in his past, as we all do. We have a past, we have a present, and we have a future. And because of that, so many times we are concerned about what's going to happen in our lives. We're concerned about what's about to happen, what has happened, and we pray. And we pray about it, we pray about it, we worry about it, we pray about it. Well, let's take a look at the 32nd chapter. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to read bits and pieces of it. And I'll tell you where I'm at. In the first part, we see Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he called the name of the place Mahanaim. And that means two tents or, or two places of God, two sides. And we'll see why he calls it that, because he separates his people into two places, two tents, two camps. He, he separates his people that way. And we'll see why here in a moment. So he sent messengers away because he was going to separate his camp, his family uh, and belongings and, and uh, people into two different camps. He was afraid of what was about to happen. Now I want to tell you something. He had just separated from his uncle Laban and he was afraid because one of his wives kept some false gods. He was afraid that uncle Laban was going to kill him. 
And so he was afraid of that. He just gotten that taken care of, and now he's at another place. And at this place that he was, this is the same place where he had a vision and the dreams of the stairway to heaven. You remember that? Where he had that stairway vision? This is that same place that he's at now. He's at that same place again, at the same place where God first talked to him. God has sent him there again. And here he is again, the same place where he saw the Lord God, he is once again. And here he is, and he's praying to the Lord. And so he says, I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male servants and female servants, and I am sending this message to my Lord. Now, he's not talking about capital L, Lord. He's talking lowercase L. He's talking about to Esau. Why? He's already dealt with his uncle, but now he's going to have to deal with his past. Because when the first time he came here, he had just left his, his house because of something he had done to his brother, and he knew his brother wanted to kill him. He was afraid of his brother Esau. He had done wrong to his brother Esau. He lied, he cheated, he stole. Well, mama told me to do it. Well, folks, I don't care if mama tells you to do something. Mama's wrong again. Isn't that right? Mama isn't always right. And this isn't against you, Ma. This is against us. We are we are the ones who make our own choices. We're the ones. We can't blame other people. We can't blame mama. We can't blame daddy. We can't blame ex-husbands, ex-wives, ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, our bosses, the people. When we decide to do it, and we can't blame the devil either. We can be tempted, but we're the ones that say, oh, okay, that's us. All free will. We're the ones who do it. And so therefore, Jacob ran for his life to Uncle Laban, and Uncle Laban did him wrong, just like he did his brother wrong. Well, we just saw that he dealt with Uncle Laban. Now he's going back. And as he did this, he said, I'm sending these things. Because Jacob was very afraid and distressed, and he divided the people with him, along with flocks and the camels and the herds and all these things in two groups, just like we said. And if Esau comes to the camp and attacks it, then the other camp, which is left, will escape. Because he's trying to save his family. Obviously, he loves his family more than he does his flocks. Obviously, he loves them more than he should. So that's what he's going to do. Jacob said, he starts a prayer. He says, oh God of my father Abraham and God of my, uh, of my father Isaac. By the way, this is uh, chapter 32, verse 9. He says, oh God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac and the Lord who said to me, return, because he did say this when he was with his uh, uncle Laban still. He said, return to your country and to your relatives and I will prosper you. I am not worthy of all the loving kindness and of all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. For with my staff I cross over this Jordan and now I have become two encampments Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, that he will come and attack me and the mothers with the children. You said, I will surely, because he doesn't want them to get killed, obviously. He said, you said, I will surely prosper you and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which is too many to be counted. So he spent the night there. Then he selected from what he had. Talks about what he had from him. He had what? He had 200 female goats, 20 male goats. He had 200 ewes and 20 rams and 30 male female goats, 30 female goats uh, with their colts, 40 cows and 10 bulls and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. 
Now, that's a whole lot of animals, folks. And he had all that to send because he was scared for his life. He gave them to his servants, every drove by itself, and said to his servants, pass over before me and keep a distance between each drove. He commanded the one leading, uh, saying, when my brother Esau meets you, ask, ask you, saying, to whom do you belong? And where are you going? And to whom do these animals belong? This is verse 18. Then you are to say, they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift uh, sent to you, my, uh, to my Lord Esau. And he is also behind us. And he said that to the second and the third and all these folks. And uh, he, was, he was ready. He sent them all. And it says this, the same night, he was all by himself now. The same night, or he was going to be, the same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, because of the mothers of his children, and the eleven sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok, and he took them and sent them across the steam, or stream along with all that he had, and Jacob was left alone. Now here we are, verse 24 of chapter 32. And Jacob was all alone. Now can you imagine the fear he must have had? The fear for his family? Jacob was all alone now over there about the place where he had prayed. It says this, it says that there was suddenly a man there. Now keep in mind, he just prayed, prayed that God would take care of him. Suddenly it says that there was a man and a man wrestled with him there until daybreak. Now I can imagine, I've always feared that someone's going to attack me. I've been attacked before, let me tell you. And folks, I believe in turning the other cheek, but when someone starts to attack you, uh, I, I do defend myself. I believe in that too. But in this situation, a man started to be with him, and he started to wrestle with him until daybreak. It says that Jacob attacked him, and that he attacked the feller, and they wrestled till daybreak. And uh, he, notice it's capitalized here, he did not prevail against Jacob. He touched the socket of his thigh, Jacob's thigh, and the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated. Ouch. It was dislocated as he wrestled with him. Again, capitalized. Then he said, let me go for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Well, that's one bold man. That's one obnoxious wrestler. Can you imagine that? I'm not letting go till you bless me. So he kind of knew a little bit about who he was with. And so he capitalized again. He said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And the man said to him, your name will no more be called Jacob, but Israel. This is where his name changes. This is where the name Israel comes from right here. It says, your name will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have fought with God and with men and have prevailed. And have prevailed. And Jacob asked him, Tell me, I pray you your name. But he said, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, I have seen God face to face. He doesn't mean literally, really. But anyway, he says, I've seen God face to face, and my life has been preserved. As he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose over him, and he was limping on his thigh. Folks, when you get to meet the Lord God, you're going to be limping. If you're fighting with God, you're going to be limping. Well, I'll get on to that in a minute. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the sinew, or the sinew, however you say it, which is attached to the socket of the thigh, because he touched, he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of the hip. Now, with that, let's now turn 
to Hosea 12.4. Let's see who Jacob was wrestling with. Who was it he was wrestling with? It wasn't Hulk Hogan. It wasn't anyone else that we're used to. It says in Hosea 12.4, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor for him, again, capitalized him. He found him in Bethel, because that's the name of the place where he had the dream, the dream of the angels. He found him in Bethel, and there he spoke with us. Now, who is the angel? If you were here a couple weeks ago on a Sunday night, you know who. The angel of God, the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord is mentioned nine times in the Old Testament, nine times in the Old Testament, and one time sort of, sort of in the New Testament when Jesus was on top of the mountain with, with who? With Moses and Elijah. For just a split second, he went into an angelic form. We know that the angel of the Lord is pre-incarnate Christ before his birth. We know, we know for a fact that Jacob was wrestling with Jesus before Jesus was born. We know that we see even now that Jacob was wrestling with Jesus. We see that, we can see that. Who was he wrestling with? Say it with me now, Jesus, pre-incarnate Jesus. Hebrews 13, eight says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And I say this, that people are always wrestling with Jesus. It's continuous that people are wrestling with the Lord God, with Jesus Christ. It's continuous that people are wrestling with Jesus, constantly wrestling with him. We see that Jacob was wrestling with Esau. What he did in the past, he was wrestling with his past. What he did in the past was wrong. What he did was wrong. And he was afraid to pay for what he done, what he did to his brother. He was afraid of that. He was wrestling with the present for what he had done to his uncle, what he had just had to pay for. He was afraid for his life. And now he was wrestling with the future. He was afraid of the future. He was now afraid of Esau. And all that was with him, he feared for his family too. He was afraid for what he had done was going to be passed off to his family. Because sometimes it is. The things that we do affect others too. Oh, that's not fair. No, it's not fair. It's not fair what you do. And what others do sometimes affect us. It's true. And we all have to wrestle with it. Are you wrestling today? Are you wrestling with things that you don't want to? Are you wrestling with your sins? 1 Peter 2 1 says, Therefore put away all wickedness, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Maybe you're wrestling with this. I have. I've wrestled with it. Sometimes the Satan still tries to tempt me with these things. And I have to wrestle with it. Sometimes I feel it has me in a headlock. Sometimes I feel that certain temptations have me in an arm bar. Sometimes I feel like there are certain moves that are going against me. I do. Maybe you do too. Maybe you're wrestling with your weaknesses. Maybe it's covetous, jealousy. Maybe it's lusts. Maybe it's hatred. By your big weakness. You just pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little. And maybe it's filth that keeps coming back in. Whether it be language or other things you watch or do. Maybe it's vile, lewd behavior. And it happens all the time. I hear jokes. It's not funny to bring that into your mouth, bring it into your head. 
It's not funny when you are supposed to be a representation of Jesus Christ. That's not funny to talk about things that are lewd, rude, and crude. Maybe it's lies. I mentioned last week that some people think they have a little whiteout pen to take out their lies, but you can't. Only the blood of Jesus can white out your sins. It's the evil of sin, perhaps. And it grieves the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. It grieves it. Maybe you're wrestling with your fears, and we all have fears. But they're defeated, not because of us. Remember what I said earlier. We do not wrestle against the flesh and the blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We're talking about Satan. We're wrestling against the devil. We're wrestling against demons. But we're not wrestling alone. Not wrestling alone. There are many who are wrestling against the Bible. They're wrestling against the Bible. Because they don't want to face it. They're wrestling against the Holy Spirit. In other words, wrestling with God. Wrestling with Jesus. Because they don't want to face it. Some actually believe it's a good thing to wrestle against God. I mentioned it earlier. I actually looked up some things about wrestling, you know, on this thing. You say, you, you know so much. No, no, no. I'm talking about wrestling with God. There are some who said, it's good to wrestle against God. It's good to wrestle against God like Jacob did. It's good to wrestle against God because he was blessed. Folks, his hip was thrown out of place. He lived his whole life because he wrestled against God. It's not good to wrestle against God. Amen. Don't wrestle against God. Serve God. Amen. I know I'm getting worked up, brother, but there's a reason for that. We have a choice. WWG means wrestling with God. Either going to wrestle with him, which means against him, or you're going to wrestle with him, which means tag team with him on his side. Yes, we're going to wrestle with God. I don't know about you, but I want to tag him in when the time comes. When there's a battle against the world, I'm going to tag Christ in because I can't do it on my own. Whenever I'm tempted to say words, because I am, folks. I'm tempted a lot to say things I shouldn't want to say. When I get angry at people from my past, when I'm fearful of things I'm going to say or do to the people in my past, or even of the present, I'm going to tag Christ in. I have no choice. The Holy Spirit has to help me out because I can't do it on my own. Sometimes I want to get moves. I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to do this, brother. I'm going to do that, sister. But I can't do it. I have to tag Christ in because I'm not strong enough on my own. I can't do it. I don't have the moves. I got to take this off. I'm getting hot here. Well, let me tell you something, brothers and sisters in Christ. On our own, we don't have the power. We don't have it. But we're to tag Christ in. Tag him in. Because Jesus will win the fight for you. That's how it's supposed to be. He'll do it for you. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God working in you, both to will and to act for his good purpose. That's how we're supposed to do it. If we want the true mega power... Of God, the true—I told you I was going to work it in. The true mega powers is not Hulk Hogan. What'd you say, brother? You heard me. It's not you. Ooh, yeah. It's not. It's not Macho Man Randy Savage. No, 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 no. The true mega power is Christ. It's the Lord God. You know Moses. Moses. He was sitting there getting ready to go through the Red Sea. And here all the army of the Egyptians, including the Pharaoh and others, are about to come and kill them all. 
and the people were afraid. Jesus was there, by the way. Jesus was there in the fire. He was there. Pre-incarnate Christ was there. The power of Jesus was there. And this is what Moses said to the people. First of all, he said, fear not in Exodus 14, 13. And then in Exodus 14, 14, and I like that, Exodus 14, 14, he says this, the Lord shall fight your fight for you. He will. God will fight your fight for you. You may have all the moves in the world, leg drops, whatever. That was Hogan's specialty, leg drop. But here's the thing. All that nonsense, it'll hurt you in time on your strength. But God's strength will continue to go on. God's the one who will fight the fight. Tag him in and let him do it for you. You know, the Bible had many wrestling matches. It may not use the word wrestling. It was only used once or twice. But it had many wrestling matches. Samson. Samson literally wrestled a lion. And when he wrestled the lion, the power of God came over him. He ripped that lion in half. It said that he, he ripped the sucker in half. I mean, can you imagine? He ripped its, 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 its head and everything else. Can you imagine? That's the power of God. He did. He did that. But yet without God, Samson tapped out. Tapped out the lust. The temptation of the devil. David was able to defeat lions, kings, and giants with God. Without God, he gave in to lust, adultery, lies, murder. But with God, restoration. There's so many others I can say. I will just say one more. Solomon defeated fear with God and was wise and built a kingdom without God. He gave in a lust to a thousand women and they brought destruction of the kingdom that lasted for over 700 years and it destroyed lives. Many, many, many lives. I won't even give into the numbers. With God, there's victory. Without God, defeat and destruction. And we will tap out. That's what's going to happen. You will either let God in or you'll leave him out. And you'll be sorry if you do. Are you wrestling with your past today? Are you wrestling with your present today? Are you wrestling with your future? There are so many who do. There are many people wrestling with eternity. They don't even have Christ to win it for them. They're wrestling with eternity. They don't need to. Because Christ is the one who wins our eternity. Christ is the one who wins you don't have to wrestle with your eternity ever again. If you've already won by that, letting Jesus Christ win your eternity, and you're saved, you don't need to worry ever again. You've already won. Not you, but Christ in you. You're already saved. Maybe you haven't. That can change today. Perhaps there's many, many battles right now you're afraid about dealing with your family. That can change today too. God and Jesus will never abandon you in the middle of your matches. He will never walk away. It's one of the things I used to giggle at whenever right in the middle of a match I see a tag team partner walk away and then there would be a battle between the two of them. That's never going to happen for you with Christ. 
He won't leave you. He'll never abandon you, never leave you, never forsake you. You know that. It says so in Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 8. And Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you, never forsake you. We may leave him. He'll never leave us. Ever. Ever. And by leaving him, I simply mean you may walk back out in the world. But deep down, the Holy Spirit is still going to be knocking on your heart's door and your shoulder. And deep down, you're going to know it too. And you're going to feel it. That's why you're always going to be bothered until you come back into that ring. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not leaving you, like I said earlier. He's not leaving you. Now, you may wonder what happened with Jacob. You may wonder what happened whenever his match came. When it came time for that WrestleMania event, oh, yeah, he wrestled God. He sure did. He wrestled Jesus Christ, pre-incarnate Christ. He did. Threw his hip out of place. Was it necessary? He had prayed for the Lord God for help. Was it necessary really to wrestle the Lord? No. Listen what happened. Listen. Jacob went to, eat, to meet Esau at the main event, what he had prayed about. With all that fear, God had already won the match for him. God had already taken care of it. So often we're afraid of everything. God didn't defeat Esau with destruction. What God had done was gone into Esau's heart and brought destruction upon the hatred, upon all the fears, upon how the devil was dealing with them. He had defeated the match before the match happened. We know that Esau hated Jacob. He said he was going to kill him. But God went into Esau and he blessed Esau anyway. He had already had wives. He had already had wonderful family and land and all these things. So when Jacob came to apologize, Esau grabbed a hold of him, hugged him and kissed him on the cheek. He had, didn't wrestle him. He brought the tag team, if you will, together. He brought him together. It was love and compassion. And it was the power of God that did it. It was the mega power of God. God blessed Esau and softened his heart. And the battle was won and peace was made. Because that is the power of God. And you cannot defeat it. And I've got news for you. You need to give your match, give your battles, give your problems, give your worries, give your sins and your concerns to God, tag Jesus in, let him win because I got news for you. It's already happened long ago. One, two, three, Satan is defeated. Jesus has already won and it is finished. It is finished. He's got the match already won for you. All you have to do is put him in and trust in him. We're not going to wrestle against Christ. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that he forgives me for all the wrong moves that I make in life. I try to fight my own battles and I do it because sometimes we get arrogant. Oh, I can handle it. I've read enough. I know what I'm doing. Problem is, is I do the wrong moves. Spiritually speaking, sometimes. Physically speaking, biblically speaking, I do the wrong moves just like you do. But Christ is so powerful, he can come in and win it anyway and pick you up and say, okay, all right, sweetheart, get in the corner. I'm going to take care of it now. Amen? I know you meant well, but you're ignorant, and I'm going to take care of it. 
then he'll win it and he'll pick you up and let you walk out feeling the victory, feeling the victory that he has won for you already. And you're going to feel that WrestleMania moment. You know why? Because that's how tremendous and powerful God, the Father, Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit is. You have already won the fight, not you, but he through you. We need to remember that. And the last thing I'm going to read to you today, Romans 8, 16 through 18. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and if joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. You've won. Christ has won it for you. Now today, we can walk away knowing that you're going to feel the victory. You're going to feel the cheering of the angels cheering with you. He won it long ago. Enjoy it. Don't listen to that enemy booing you. It's just mockery and it's a lie. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God. We praise your holy name. We lift you up on high, Lord God, today. We praise you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for loving us. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for being with us. We thank you for helping us at every single moment. We thank you, Lord God, for never giving up on us. And even when we fall, even when it looks like, Lord God, that we're about to give up, you give us strength that we don't have on our own. And we praise you, Lord Jesus Christ, for that. Right now, Lord God, I pray for anyone here today who feels that they're giving up on life. Maybe they feel like they can't go on any further. Maybe they feel that, Lord, they need you and they need you now. Maybe they feel that you've done with them, but Lord, I pray that they will remember that you're not done with them. Maybe they feel like Jacob, as if they are not loved by you and that you are ready to defeat them. But Lord, I pray that this will be the day that they come towards you and know that you are on their side and always have been, and that you heard every single prayer and you're trying to answer it if we will only hear it. I pray all of this in your name, amen.